Welcome to Share Public Health, the Midwestern Public Health Training Center's podcast connecting you to public health topics, issues, and colleagues throughout our country, highlighting that we all share in public health. Thank you for tuning in to this series of interviews with public health leaders as we learn about different perspectives on current and emerging public health issues. Today, Suzanne Holly from Wichita State University talks with Jennifer Valentine, Director of Organizational Planning and Development at Knox County Health Department in Knoxville, Tennessee. In this podcast, they discuss the importance of health in all policies, how to engage stakeholders internally and externally to promote and implement health in all policies, and the value of managing change effectively. Hi, welcome to our leadership series with the Midwestern Public Health Training Center. My name is Suzanne Hawley, and we're here to talk with public health leaders from a personal perspective to just learn more about what skills would be great for public health leaders and professionals today. So thank you for being here with us, and I'm wondering if you could just share a little bit about yourself and what brought you into public health. Sure, so I am, um, my name is Jennifer Valentine and I work uh, for the Knox County Health Department in Knoxville, Tennessee. And my current position is uh, Director of Organizational Planning and Development. And so what that means is um, I oversee strategic planning, which includes uh, community strategic planning, as well as internal uh, strategic planning, uh, quality improvement, performance management, any of the accreditation efforts um, um, that we have, and uh, as well as workforce development. Uh, We are the first health department uh, in the state of Tennessee to be FAB accredited, so um, we're very excited about that. Um, And I got into public health, I've been a a public health nurse for 19 years, so I'm celebrating my 19th anniversary and when I was in nursing school um, doing the different rotations through all of the different areas I got to public health and I just fell in love with it and I knew from the very that moment that that's where I wanted to land and so at the time um, you had to get at least two years of acute care uh, experience so I had to pay my dues and and go into acute care in the acute care setting for two years and then um, as soon as I got to that two-year mark I said okay it's time to go into public health and uh, I was hired on as a home visiting nurse Um, and then um, from there I um, went into I started our HIV clinic which was the centers of excellence for HIV and after that I was our uh, emergency preparedness nurse and then was promoted into the assistant director of nursing position and then eventually director of nursing. Um, And then after a few years of being in the director of nursing position, um, my um, organization asked me to take a bigger picture approach um, to public health, looking at more uh, internal um, efforts that we were doing in our organization to address population health. Um, And so I took that on and have just never looked back, so. That's great. So you clearly have exemplified that all that public health nursing can be within a health department from visiting nurse to preparedness and strategic planning and accreditation. So that's that's great. Yes. Um, So with all of your experience now um, on your 19th year, I'm wondering what excites you about public health the most right now? Um, I think there is a big push um, to really look at 
health in all policies. Uh, and I know that's a, uh, it's a phrase that a lot of people have heard of um, and heard about what that means. But I know that in my health department in particular, um, we are really um, focusing on looking at health in all policies internally. So what, what does that mean to our staff, mm -hmm. to our workforce? Some have heard of it, some haven't. So really it's kind of getting our house in order mm -hmm. first, making sure we educate our workforce into understanding what that means, uh, and just defining health in general. You know, what is the definition of health? Um, and making sure our staff understand that it's much more than being cared for in a hospital or coming to the public health department to get an immunization. Um, so it goes way beyond that. But then once we've got our house in order, then we want to branch out to our governing entity and the partners that we work with in the community and really describe and explain to them what health and our policy, what health, uh, policy and health means. What does that mean? Um, making them aware of what that means and then hopefully getting them to start considering health in all the policies that they're making or changing or revising. Um, so we want to be a big driver for that. So that's really one of the big um, um, uh, public health initiatives that we're really focusing on right now. So I like the idea of the fact that you're talking about having that kind of modeling the way, you know, having some integrity to be able to and vulnerable to look at yourself to do that within your organization, but I'm also thinking it's probably you're able to have some safe experiments with, you know, seeing, okay, if this doesn't work, right. you know, where are we going to get pushback? How are we going to like need to rethink things? That's exactly right. And that's how we look at a lot of our initiatives, whether it's uh, health and all policies, or if we're looking to do some cultural, cultural competency training, mm -hmm. um, or implicit bias training. Mm -hmm. um, we really um, involve our staff first. So they're kind of like our pilot group. We have 276 employees, so we're oh, pretty wow. big. Yeah. Um, and they are, if anything, honest with us. If they don't like something, they tell us. If they don't understand something, um, if they think something is just, you know, strange and out of their comfort zone, um, they let us know. So yes, it's, it's really all about uh, including our workforce in, in everything. Um, and making sure that they um, understand the direction our organization's going, but also public health in general. Um, and making sure that they're on board with that. Um, and so it really, it really just starts there before okay. we even branch out to the, to the larger community. So the field of public health is changing to really um, what we need to do to prepare for the future of the 21st century, of the, of the issues that are, will be coming before us, that are with us now, that we may not even be fully prepared to deal with. I'm wondering mm -hmm. what kinds of things do you feel like public health professionals need to be prepared for to better handle change? You know, I'm thinking even just this experiment within your, I mean, ha, ha, what kind of skills do you think is required in change management? So, I think change management is a skill in itself. Uh, recognizing that change is going to occur, how to handle the change, and and even that is a is a um, a skill that that needs to be taught to public health workers, um, because a lot of times, and I think one thing we've learned in the past ten years in my organization in particular, is that we need to be more um, proactive versus reactive to anything that might be 
um, coming our way, whether it's the opioid epidemic, a hepatitis A outbreak, um, measles, whatever. Um, and so learning how to manage change effectively is, is very, very important. Um, and it's, it, like I said, again, it's being more proactive versus reactive. Um, and, and change is hard. Um, and, and that's one thing we've learned from our workforce. Uh, sometimes when we implement things internally, it doesn't go over very well. And it's just, it's a change. It's a change in the culture of your organization. Uh, it's a change in the way of thinking. Because a lot of our staff have been there for, you know, many years. It could be, you know, they've been an employee for 30 years in public health. And so understanding why change is important uh, and not remaining stagnant, you know, recognizing what are the things that we need to be working on um, because they're issues that we are recognizing way before we have to be reactive versus proactive. So has, um, has system think systems thinking improved your ability to do the work of leading this kind of change? I'm, I'm wondering about systems thinking in general in your opinion. Right, so systems thinking is a, is a public health competency that we have been working with in our leadership within the organization. And uh, the leadership um, in our organization is very um, strong in that area. Um, our upper, what we've, when we have done a culture, when we have done a public health core competency assessment in our organization, the things that we have recognized that our staff has the most difficulty with is systems thinking and financial management. Um, some of our staff really don't have, um, they work in areas where they don't use those skills every day. And so our, our top tier leadership uh, typically uses those skills every day. And so th systems thinking is very natural to them, it, it just second nature. Where we notice that middle management really needs some help in systems thinking. And again, it's, it's, it's making sure they're aware of the big things, the big picture that's going on in public health across the country. What are the big initiatives, whether it's um, health in all policies, whether it's, um, you know, um, any of the other initiatives that are very important. Uh, recognizing that um, they have to look at those things, not only um, the programs and things they are doing on a community level, but they have to look way beyond that. So systems thinking and how systems thinking really gets us to move the needle. Um, you know, so thinking about, okay, I'm working in the WIC clinic mm -hmm. or I'm working in environmental health, mm -hmm. stepping back and going, okay, this is what I do every day, but what about, how, how does this affect the bigger picture? What am I doing every single day that's affecting um, the bigger picture? So when you're, Talking about making that connection and then them going out and doing the work in the community. Um, what are the partnerships that you think are important in actually moving that dialogue forward to improve the conditions for that community in terms of their health? Um, so the partnerships are so important. And um, thinking about the non-traditional partners, um, but also thinking about partners we've had for many years. So. Um, uh, the school systems uh, is is key. We work with them all the time on so many different things. Uh, our governing entity, they're a partner, um, and preparing them or educating them on things uh, related to public health um, because they have so many things coming at them. But making sure that we try to keep um, 
the attention on health and, and helping our governing entity see what are some of the bigger issues. Uh, nonprofits are very important. Um, um, and, you know, uh, law enforcement, uh, we work with law enforcement on a lot of things um, that we do at our health department. One of our biggest partners and who has given us so much in return is our academic partnerships. Uh, we are an academic health department um, and so we work with uh, the University of Tennessee in Knoxville and it's, it's a huge university. And so we work for the Department of Public Health at UT, but we also work with the School of Engineering. We work, hey, we've worked with the School of Social Work. We've worked with the School of Human Resources. So we really tap into those resources um, to do things to improve the health of the community and also our organization. So um, partnerships are key, absolutely key. So. I love hearing you say that not only are you working with schools or departments of public health, but you're working with engineering, yes. social work, you know, I think about mental health, all these other issues that we may not be thinking about initially. And when you bring these partners to the table, or maybe you're trying to help them with what they're doing that connect to health, um, persuasive communication comes to mind. So I'm yes. thinking, what are some of those critical pieces within persuasive communication that you think really help kind of move forward, you know, the mm -hmm. discussion? Some people may be reluctant, you know, to right. partner. So I think um, the number one thing in communication is listening. Uh, when everybody comes to the table, they have an agenda. They're there for their, they have reasons that they're there. Um, but I think it's important when you're communicating with your partners to really think about listening to what some of their challenges are um, and don't discount them because they have unique challenges just like public health does. Um, taking those challenges into consideration, um, but then also helping them see uh, the benefits of health in everything that they do. Um, so being very persuasive about that, but then also not being forceful or um, discounting how they may be feeling about something or, or the difficult things that they may be facing in their areas. Um, because, you know, everybody has their own little land. The land of public health has its own challenges. The land of law enforcement, it's the same thing. So it's really about collaboration and building that um, momentum together to really address the things that are really affecting um, your community and moving the needle together. So just persuasive communication is just being cognizant of um, it's not all about public health. Everyone has a unique set of challenges and just encouraging them um, and, and, and being persuasive in a way that, okay, I'm in public health. This is what we can offer you. This is what we can help you do. Um, and then, you know, hopefully they can reciprocate um, some things to help public health as well. So sometimes it's not always all about what do we get out of this partnership. Yeah, it's yeah. also about, okay, how can we help you? And in turn, maybe you can help us. And I think that's where it starts. That, that type of communication is building the relationships that really matter and that will truly make a difference in the health of the community. So I, I guess I'm hearing kind of this sense of having humility and listening because you don't know what someone's priorities right. are. You don't know right. what their values are. Exactly. To even begin a conversation without that. Those and first also steps. recognizing that just because someone's um, 
their goals and their values are this one day in two years time when you're a par still a partner with them that may change so you have to be mm -hmm. cognizant of that you know they're they have changes in their areas just like we do and so just being aware of that mm -hmm. and being sensitive to that and 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 being able to you know manage that change and determine okay how does this relationship how is it different now that we're two years out um, and you know what can we do to continue the partnership but um, you know, continue to, to have momentum in the things that we want to change. So we've talked about a few things today, uh, which includes systems thinking, persuasive communication, and change management. I'm wondering if there are other things that you can think about that would help public health professionals kind of move forward in their work if there are other skills you think that are important that we haven't talked about. Right. So, you know, I think any... Um, again, getting involved at the national level. It doesn't have to be uh, a huge involvement or even just getting involved at the local level, whether it's joining a, a health council or it's um, running for an office or joining a board of a nonprofit. Uh, I think uh, public health workers have a lot to offer outside of public health. And maybe you're the staff nurse that's working in um, the immunization clinic at a health department. You can, you can provide wonderful um, feedback in, on, on health in any, whether it's a neighborhood organization. Um, so just getting involved. It doesn't have to be anything huge, but just to have a voice at the table um, so that you can let others know what are some of the big issues in public health. Uh, I think if there was anything that, any training um, that has helped me in the past two years, and this is, this is kind of interesting, is project management training. Uh, I had the opportunity to attend a training that was provided by the University of Tennessee Depart uh, College of Engineering on project management. And at first I was like, do I really need to spend time doing this? And it was so helpful. Um, it was helpful in that it helped me think, it helped me think about um, uh, financial management, um, making sure that I'm keeping up with the deliverables of a project. And, and those are the kind of skills that you can take when you're working on a coalition or you're working with a community or if you're working inside the walls of the health department. So project management is something that has recently kind of surprised me as a skill that, you know, is very, very beneficial. So. And, you know, I think that's great advice because you see people who might be trained in a, in a clinical role or a focused role, and then they kind of move up the ladder no matter what their discipline is. Right. And now they're supervisors in leadership positions and they weren't necessarily trained for that piece of the work. Right. But, right. but um, really critical cross-cutting areas. Exactly. So, exactly. yeah. And I, and I was going to ask you, you know, what advice would you give for a new professional? But I, I'm hearing the get involved, you know, get involved and be aware politically, which connects with your original um, discussion about health and all policies, really sounds like that's where a lot of it is, no matter what work you do exactly. on a daily basis. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's wonderful. Well, I really appreciate the time that you've spent with us today. It's just thank it's you. Nice thank you for having you me hearing your thoughts. I want to take that project management course now. <laughs> do it. It's yeah. worth it. I promise. Right. Right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening to our leadership series. And we hope you'll tune in again for our future sessions. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you tune in for the next episode of Share Public Health.
Special thanks to our guests and to Katie Brandert, Brandon Grimm, Joy Harris, Roger Heilman, Janine Moody, Melissa Richland, Hannah Schultz, and Lori Wachner with the Midwestern Public Health Training Center. Theme music was composed and produced by Dave Hoeing and Roger Heilman. Funding for this webinar is provided by the Health Resources and Services Administration. Please see the podcast notes for an evaluation and transcript.